Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Another episode of Simply Amazing. Tim Ryder from the Apple. Taryn, what's happening, my man? What's going on, Tim? Uh, another series win. Another series win. A kind of a heartbreaking loss on Sunday. You hate yeah. to see that, but, you know, this is baseball over 162. This will happen. Yeah, uh, I, I think that the game was probably lost way earlier when uh, the Mets were just brutal today with runners in scoring position. So, um Tough one, but Adovino has been great this month. A little bit of whiplash there at the end. Uh, that was one of the best catches I've seen. And Luis Guillorme is just like a wizard out there. He is so fun to watch at second base. And uh, and he showed it again. He did. Just uh, what was that? A little flare by Jesus Aguilar. And right. And, and even, uh, you know, Aguilar lingered there for a moment like he couldn't believe that uh, Guillaume made, made that catch and then they cut to him in the dugout and Jazz Chisholm is walking behind him and he just goes, wow. And then a moment later, you know, you get the the walk off home run. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's baseball. But, oh, man, isn't Aguilar just incredibly fun to watch? Yeah, I, he's he, a guy who just loves baseball so much. He's laughing, chatting it up with everybody, yeah. enjoying the game. Like, I love that. I know uh, I saw it floating around Twitter that the Mets radio broadcast was you know, always oh, having, I think they, they made a very off color remark about, Oh, does he have ADHD? Which I didn't know they were doctors up there, but um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I see it as just Aguilar out there having a really good time um, enjoying playing a, a children's game for a living, a lucrative living at that. I don't, I don't see any issue with it. And yeah, I think you kind of see the same kind of, I guess you could say, <laughs> shade thrown towards jazz Chisholm and, and, you know, some people love him. Some people don't like him. Some people don't like the emotion. I still, I, I just don't understand that. Um, did you happen to catch his uh, jazz Chisholm's in game uh, interview on Sunday? I did. I, I, I really liked the way that he framed what he was talking about. He was like that, that was uh, the day that he stopped lying when he uh, decided that he was no longer going to go, uh, righty lefty. He stopped being a switch hitter. This was in high school because uh, a scout basically challenged him to do it. And then uh, he ended up lefty lefty hitting two home runs off of the starter, he said. And uh, and then after that, the scout came up to him and said, you're going to play in the big leagues. So um, fun player, really, really fun player to watch. One of my favorites that's not a Matt. And um, yeah, it was uh, that was it was a fun series and, and, you know, the Mets had plenty of chances, uh, multiple opportunities with uh, runners in scoring position and just not getting them home today. And, uh, you know, by and large this year, Lindor, especially in those positions um, and, and he had a couple opportunities today has, uh, has come through and today it didn't happen, uh, but I'll, I'll wager that next time it will happen. So uh 
another good series win and and the Mets uh going to be able to enjoy uh, another off day tomorrow which is uh which is great they didn't have very many of those uh through the the middle of June. Yeah. No, and I think that, you know, for a team that's dealt with so many injuries, whether it be minor or major, uh, this is a little blessing in disguise because then in a couple of weeks, you have the All-Star break coming up. And um, I think the the Mets play the Marlins again, another series, possibly, maybe just one more series before the All-Star break. So, you know, it's it's a it's a wide ranging little respite. And I think it's going to it's going to play well, especially with all the guys who were so close to coming back. You know, off days, um, not as pivotal series. Of course, they're all pivotal. But, uh, you know, I think this could be a um, a good opportunity for the Mets to kind of just bring themselves back to oh, at least as close as they can get to 100%. I want to talk real quick about that runners in scoring position. So the Mets still won two out of three this series. Pete Alonso, of course, had a just a terrific game Saturday. He's been... Um, pretty much locked in Mets only went four for 27 with runners in scoring position through the whole series. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're just making it work. It's, it's, it's uncanny at this point. So I feel like uh, I say that every week, but it's true. So the, the big one obviously being on Friday, Lindor's three run double. Huge. Uh, Didn't he start the game off with a home run too? He did. Yeah. So he he, he had a fantastic, not a lead off, but first inning. Right. Yeah, yeah he, been, I think we talked about it last time we last time we were on that, you know, it seems like he's just keeping those slumps so short because he kind of fell into one again and, and then boom, he snaps right out of it. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him come into the Houston series, which very nice bounce back after you know, the Mets. I don't want to call it a sweep, but it is a, is a it was a sweep. Yeah, it was two two game games. series. Um, they really bounce back nicely. It's like, you know. It's just keep it moving. And then that's what they've been able to do. It's really, it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I just looked at the schedule. So uh, you're, you're right. We have four games with Miami uh, in, uh, in July. So here's what we have the the rest of the few weeks before the all-star break. So we have uh, Houston for these two games, and then we'll have another off day which is great. And then three games with Texas. That's all in New York. Then we'll have um, a short trip to Cincinnati, three games, then back home to face Miami for four games. That's uh, the seventh through the 10th. That's back at city. And then we go to Atlanta and then we go to Wrigley and then it's uh all-star game. So uh, Mets have some important games coming up. The Mets, uh, they showed a stat on Saturday just how well they played against the division. I think it was like 23 and eight uh, going into Saturday um, and then 23 and 18 against uh, the rest of their competition. So that is so essential. And especially when you have, uh, I mean, the, the Marlins are better than the Nats, but when you have teams like the Nats and the Marlins that you should beat um, that, they got to keep stacking those wins to, to keep this distance with Atlanta. Oh, absolutely. And I think that, you know, the Mets did such a good job of racking up all the wins they could. And then just like, as you were just saying, the intra division beating up on, on lesser teams, which the Mets have seen, uh, you know, a bunch of the Marlins now, um, well, not a bunch of them, but you know, <laughs> a little bit uh, more often than not, um, they played the Nats a bunch, you know, you, you have to eat against these teams and, and they did. And, you know, everyone, everyone knew Atlanta was going to make a run. Um, they're playing good baseball now. I think, you know, 
of course, losing um, losing Albies is going to hurt. But uh, I don't know if you watched Max Fried on uh, Saturday on the national game on Fox. He looked incredible. I mean, that's still a force. That's still a very, very good team. And, you know, the Mets just have to, like you said, keep that buffer as wide as possible and limit the downtimes, which there's always going to be, and and uh, bounce back as they, they really did nicely this weekend against a team they should beat, who – this is not a bad team. Oh, man, the more I see the Marlins, and I watch them when they're not playing the Mets, I mean, as much as I can. Man, this is a really, really fun young team. I think Cooper has all-star potential, not this year, but if he can find that lightning in a bottle during his his prime, I think he could certainly get there. Um, you know, Sanchez, I like Taylor Cruz a lot. I think he's got some work to do in the outfield. Uh, Castano, Castano looked very good today, and he's not overpowering. He just hits his spots. Yeah, uh, he, and he went seven today, which was uh, excellent for them. And um, real quick, you were saying about Max Fried. Uh, Dave Roberts called him the best left-hander in the game today, which I thought was very high praise from somebody who has watched Clayton Kershaw for many, many years and, and managed him. Uh, that was uh, really high praise and speaks to how well Freed has been uh, been pitching. The last couple of years and yeah. um, and missing Albies, yes, but uh, I think Orlando Arce has been right up there in, in terms of what uh, Albies production has been this year. He, he's had kind of a down start to the year and Arce has at least, uh, I think, replicated that so far. But the Braves, their lineup is so deep. And it, it, again, it's relentless like the Mets are when they're at their best. Um, they, they have a penchant for these come from behind wins. They did it twice to the giants, uh, last weekend and, um, and, and off of pretty solid bullpen arms too. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're a good team and that the three games in Atlanta, uh, the second week of July, those are going to be really important games. And hopefully we'll, uh, we'll have max going for one of those because, uh, he's, been through one rehab start and he's got one more, but after that, hopefully he'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about that in the second half. We just got a quick episode today. Um, do a little brief preview of the, uh, the two game, I guess the Texas two-step coming up. I'm not even sure if we're going to be back on Thursday to recap a two game series, but the Astros and the Rangers, which, you know, we're not going to get too much into them, but, uh, it's a fun team. And, um, I do want to talk a little bit more about the NLEs because the landscape kind of changed. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hang tight. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back uh, real quick. Again, the Mets have Houston coming in for a two-game set. You got Cookie Carrasco going up against Luis Garcia, who does that, uh, that, that fancy little dance on the, on the mound, which um, mesmerizing, uh, I'm sure very aggravating for a hitter. Uh, I forgot who it was. Was it Marte who got real thrown off by it? But, and then Framber Valdez against, um, well, this would be Wednesday. And I don't think they've released their rotation yet, but uh, I believe that would be Walker. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I, you know, Houston who went into the Bronx this weekend is really manhandling the Yankees. They no hit him yesterday. Uh, we're recording no right now. Sorry, I said a real no hitter. Oh yes, they've got. Oh my goodness, they have. Oh no, 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 I'm looking at. I'm looking at Saturday. I'm like, oh my god, they got another one going. They do. They're playing right now. They do, and the Yankees don't have a hit. It's the bottom of the fifth. <laughs> Wow. Shave uh, Johnny Vandermeer, but not, not quite. Wow. So the, the Yankees have been no hit for 13 innings now? Uh, 13 and counting, yes. It uh, looks like they're about to start. Oh, they just started the bottom of the fifth. That's pretty crazy because that is a tough lineup. And Urquidy's at 58 pitches starting the fifth. So, you know, save a, a, a very laborious inning or two, he could possibly make it through to the, uh, at least close to the end of the game. You see how he goes. He's got to keep it very economic, but let's see. Does he have a, now I'm curious. Oh, he's got to walk. Okay. Not a perfect game, just a no hitter, but that's impressive. Now um, I did want to talk about the NL East. We talked a bit about the Braves, which of course, you know, you know, they're going to be hanging around the Phillies. The Phillies lost Bryce Harper on Saturday night. He was hit in the thumb by a Blake Snell pitch. Um, I don't know if you saw the clip, but yeah. of course, Harper was very angry. Um, I felt bad. I, I felt really bad for him. I felt bad for Snell because, you know, there was no they, – apparently they've been playing, you know, whether it's, you know, AAU or whatever, youth leagues together since they were kids or travel leagues, I should say. And, um, you know, there was obviously no intent there. He just came inside and, you know – yeah, Bryce Harper's got a broken thumb. I don't know if they've released a timetable for him yet, but you know that's a, um, a cutting off a guy in the middle of another MVP level season. I don't care what uniform he wears. Baseball is better with Bryce Harper doing what Bryce Harper does, and yeah, I feel really bad for him. Yeah, no, I want him to play well, and I want the Phillies to not win games. Uh, but <laughs> I thought his quote afterwards was. <laughs> probably one of the most absurd things I've ever heard. Oh, what the hit in the face. Yeah. He's like, I wish that it would have hit me in the face instead of the hand. Like I can't break bones in my face. I'm pretty yeah, sure. He took- did. Like we watched Kevin Pilar get nailed in the face last year. Uh, so did Harper. Harper took one in the face a couple of years ago. And like, I think he came out of the game, but he walked off. He was fine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could break bones in your face. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. You could break. And, but he's taken it. I think his, his gist was, um, you know, 
obviously he took 98 in the face and walked away, but now he's out for, you know, who knows how long with a, a shot. I would imagine a shattered thumb. Uh, you know, that thing was a 96, 97 coming yeah. out of his hands and it caught right in the, right in the spot. Oh, that's, I know I've broken the thumb and that's you know, my thumb is still crooked as shit. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's a painful injury. Yeah. And he was already playing with the torn UCL. So he's not been playing in the field. Um, he was DHing, but that is just massive production for a team that needs to score runs really, because uh, almost every time that they don't have Wheeler on the bump, it's like hit or miss in terms of what kind of pitching performance that they're going to be getting. Well, Noah has been really good this year. Oh, has he? Uh, you know, and I, I don't want to say, you know, really good, but maybe a shading consistent, but strikeouts wise and effectiveness wise. Yeah. He's been really good. Kyle Gibson. I really like Kyle Gibson. Like, you know, the Phillies pitching, at least starting pitching isn't terrible. I know Ranger Suarez is, is very much up and down, but their bullpen and their defense and especially their defense. And it's not like missing Harper was that much of a hit <laughs> on the outfield defense. Harper isn't a terrific defender. He's, he's, very, he's absolutely a shade over, but um, yeah, I mean that that's a team that relies on their offense to win games, and you're taking out a you know arguably the biggest piece. Real Muto has not had a good season. Oh yeah, um, you got to wonder how how long they could stay afloat if Harper's out for a while. Yeah, uh, so w- they haven't said whether he's going to need surgery or not, but who knows? This could be like a a, a couple months, a few months thing. So. Hope that he uh, gets healthy again soon, but uh, yeah, that's that's tough. And and we've seen a lot of guys get hit uh, inside this year. I I feel like it's more than in, in past years. Well, I think the whole you know I know a lot of pitchers have complained about there's no grip on the baseball, there's shine on the baseball. Now the league's going to start doing something about the mud. Which how did this ever become an issue? Yeah, you guys forgot how to rub mud on the balls. You've been doing it for a hundred years, and you just forgot. Is the training, you know, between from the last clubhouse attendant who did it to the new ones that you know that's that's that should be a pretty important part of the job. But um, you hope that they have some sort of uniform, just guidelines to work off of there, and because you know when you know pitchers don't need spider tap to succeed, but they do need grip on the baseball and and. You know, it puts hitters at danger if they don't, if they can't get the proper grip. So, yeah, I, I think, the, and the Mets have been hit more than anyone in baseball. They, you know, very couple of really, really scary ones. So, yeah, let's um, let's get that figured out, please. Yeah, absolutely, and and hopefully in the future we're going to see them go to more of a pre-tacked ball. Um, pre-tacked ball. Um, give me. I would even be fine with a with an approved substance on the mound that a guy can just. You know, like a rosin bag, except it's got sticky stuff on it. Yeah. I would be fine with that. I agree. I agree. Um, but, yeah, so uh, it, it's uh, Mets still rolling and a couple tough games. Again, I, I think that we've talked about this before. It feels like kind of a, a good test uh, of, of where we're at right now. And um, this isn't even the Mets final form. You know, hopefully we're going to be getting our, our best two pitchers uh two of the best in the world back and uh but i'm excited i'm excited about where we're at and uh and hopefully they can keep it going any validity you think to the um luis castillo rumors and i know he's going to be a hot commodity all over i guess my 
only hold up. I mean, of course, I think any team would love to have Luis Castillo in the fold and um, <laughs> in the Mets in the Mets spot. I mean, you've given up a lot of assets in return to get him, and arguably worth it. I did not like the SNY proposal I saw that Jeff McNeil was included. Like, in what world would that work out for anyone? But anyway, um, who moves out of the – if this were to hypothetically happen and the Mets go out and get a, a, a Luis Castillo, a Frankie Montas, Montas um, who was almost threw no hitter on Saturday, I believe, uh, Saturday or Friday? Anyway, um, where – who gets pushed out? I mean – you're going to have – it'll be Walker is your five if everything is, is all together and everyone's there and McGill comes back. Mm. Walker's your five. You know, when McGill does come back, I know we spoke briefly about pushing him into the bullpen, but yeah. are you giving up real assets to go out and get Luis Castillo and pretty much like cement that plan in? Yeah, I, I think if you were giving me the option, and, and this is with the understanding that the other guys who are currently in the rotation stay healthy – Bassett, especially cookie. Um, and, and given the choice between adding one more starter, assuming that DeGrom and Scherzer are going to come back or adding like a, a late inning piece, I think I'd probably rather have the late inning piece because I trust the guys that they currently have. And I, I trust the ability of a guy like Peterson or McGill or even Trevor Williams to jump in there and give you a, a longer kind of outing. Um, I, I just want one more piece of the back of the bullpen that might cover for, you know, if, if Lugo is inconsistent, if Ottavino isn't going to be what he has been this month in October, uh, or even if, you know, Drew Smith, some, I mean, we got very lucky. It's hard to, um, recall now but in that uh was that not the nick Plummer home run game that he almost broke his pinky like he yeah. could have been out this entire time oh uh, he, he had a 1.99 era heading into sunday's game i was heading into saturday's games my apologies and yeah that's i mean he's been a, a huge contributor huge yeah. so i i think one more piece uh a high leverage arm and i think everyone's going to be looking for that obviously but uh having that is uh is really where the match should be focusing right now and if they are going to go and get like a, a starter, I wouldn't mind like some sort of, so David Roberts Robertson has been fantastic for Chicago this year. Sure. Uh, but I mean, maybe they want to move Hendricks contract. Like the, the value uh, that the Mets have right now, the power that they have is through finances. And it seems like Cohen doesn't care about paying the Cohen tax. Right. So um, if, if that's an opportunity, that's something that, that they should be looking at packaging those two guys and bringing them over. Sure. Oh, I think they're going to have a lot of options. And I think that there's a lot of teams that are certainly out there willing to, um, to shed payroll. Uh, I'm sure a lot of teams are, well, at least they're claiming that they're hurting after the pandemic and, and all that. But um, you know, the teams are always going to be looking to, to, to shed guys. And I, I'm curious to see who the Mets are dangling in a potentially big deal in a like, you know, obviously Ronnie Mauricio is blocked by Lindor. Um, yeah. I still think his offensive profile warrants moving him around, seeing if he sticks anywhere else. Uh, also, his excuse me, athleticism probably allowed, should allow for that too. But I'm curious whether Mark Vientos is going to be. Yeah. He's been mashing. 
he's been he's been raking. The Mets have had I don't want to say a lack of production at third base, but inconsistency at third base from Eduardo Escobar. They have in-house options, but you know, keeping him at AAA while he's hitting well and keeping his trade value nice and lofty. I kind of see the angle if that's the angle that they're taking. I think if they, you know, they certainly would have been justified for bringing him up for a spell, especially after Escobar had the um, the left to you know left the field in the ambulance. If they wanted to put him on the IL, that probably would have been an open door for uh, for Vientos to get a shot. But boy, his value's you know tippy top right now. What if you know? I think he's probably the guy that you attach to a you know a Dom Smith possibly. Uh, yeah. Well, whatever the case may be. Yeah, uh, I think Matt Allen probably in that conversation as well. Sure. Uh, Dom Hamill, Dominic Hamill in Brooklyn has had a, had a really nice first half. But the Mets definitely have pieces and and they've done a really nice job uh, drafting guys so they can develop uh, this. The amateur department for the Mets is is really top notch. And given the extra resources that have been put into uh, player development now under Cohen, uh, I I mean, I trust their ability to start developing this talent that maybe doesn't come with a high price tag, but at the moment, like they should go out and use what they have uh, in terms of player resources to to get more proven big leaguers because the window is right now. Like, yeah, there are guys that are cheap right now. There are guys that are um, that are kind of locked in on these short term deals. I'm thinking about Scherzer. I'm thinking about Degrom's ability to opt out. Um, those, so, you're, so you're saying trade everybody for Jose Ramirez? That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I wish that that was a possibility, but Jose <laughs> was like very content in Cleveland. He was like, "Yeah, what? Who needs an extra hundred million dollars when I <laughs> just live in Ohio? It's nice." Uh, my God, the, the, I guarantee the Wilpons have posters up of Jose Ramirez in their in their oh. rooms. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, he's our favorite player ever. You mean we can pay him uh, below what his uh, salary should be? He's willing to take a below market long term deal. Oh, we missed our window. Oh man, <laughs> I it, I was thinking about this today, but um, <laughs> it's just such a breath of fresh air to like the, the Cohen time has just been so much more normal and less embarrassing than uh, than what preceded it. So. Um, it's been nice. And I, I think that they're it's we're at the beginning of a golden era. So I, I hope that they go all in right now. I think now's the time. Yeah, I, I think it has to be. And then, you know, my, my big concern is what do I do with like my, I got a whole box of Ronnie Mauricio baseball cards. Like, you know, <laughs> I just want them to go to a good team. So at least they're still worth something. You know, you go, you'll get shifted off to, to Cincinnati and it might be a while before you're relevant again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I do like um, some of the players over there. I still, I'm still a believer in Nick Senzel. I'm so bad, man. I see like one thing I like about a player, and I swear I just, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna figure it out. He's gonna figure it out. But I get burned. You know, I would say fifty fifty on those. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that's better than the rate of how prospects hit anyway. I mean, yeah. <laughs> hey, right? If I if I was, uh, you know. A uh, what's the long-term fantasy leagues dynasty leagues? I yeah. did one one year, and I'm like, yeah, oh, this is way too in depth. I got too much going on to do this. But boy, if I treated dynasty leagues like I do my baseball cards, holy shit, man! <laughs> I'd be I'd be winning leagues every uh, every year. 
dude, I got out. I always telling you last week, I got out on Gerard Encarnacion a little bit too early, but boy, I was there when everyone was selling him last year. I said, nope, he's still got something. We'll <laughs> see. Fun swing. I'm surprised he didn't get more ABs. Uh, this, uh, I guess, no, he got sent back down with um, yeah. who, who came back. Um, yeah, not, I'm lost. But- Real quick, how do you like John Birdie? I know everyone's like, oh my God, he's a villain. I enjoy yeah. watching him. <laughs> he's a pest. He's, he's, uh, it's frustrating if he's not on your team, right? Um, yeah, I, I, just, method- I kind of appreciate it no matter the uniform. I always did. I just like, wow, look, look at that. Like, uh, who was it? Good bunter for the Dodgers in the 90s. Brett Butler. Like, this guy could lay down bunts everywhere and he always did it. And I just appreciated that. My dad's like, oh, you don't mind other teams. I'm like, nope, not at all. I just like watching baseball. And uh, yeah, that kind of stuck, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he's obviously a, a fun player. And uh, it's cool to watch guys use the running game. Like, that's one thing that's really been, I think, sacrificed in the last 10 years or so. But um, I think it's coming back. Like, even the, the Red Sox winning all these games, having this great month. Um, they've been running a lot more. So hopefully teams see that and they, they put more action on the base paths. I think that that's one of the most exciting plays in the game, uh, both like the stolen base and the uh, strike them out, throw them out are phenomenal plays. Oh, just, you know, I, I don't mind hitting runs being run, you know, in the right spots as often as possible. I, I, you know, there's a certain level of value to traditional baseball that, you know, a lot of people decry it, but it's there's still value to it. We're kind of seeing it this year. I think, you know, we could probably extend this show by 20 minutes starting this conversation. But, um, yeah, it, it's certainly something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, it's all we've talked at length about the Mets not being an exit velo focused team, not being a home run focused team. Their batting average on balls in play is still leading the majors, but they're doing it the quote unquote old fashioned way. It's just yeah. something to keep an eye on because that's that's the type of thing that bucks league wide trends. Yeah, and and the word "buck" brought to mind that play on no no, no pun intended, of course. Yeah, was that on on Saturday uh, the Astadio thing with Nemo? Yeah, uh, and uh, Friday or no Friday? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, him like uh, ducking down and uh, and making Astadio tag him. And then Gelb's talking about uh, yesterday that they had shown that in spring training. Like Buck has an attention to detail that I, I think is already probably added like three or four wins to what the Mets have had this year. Um, so it, it's awesome to be able to to watch him uh, do it with this group. And they love it. Like they were trying to rip off his jacket the other day. Um, <laughs> we're never going to see Buck sleeves ever. <laughs> uh, his um, arms, I mean, never quick before we go. Uh, uh, speaking about other teams, um, Mark Appel, uh, making his, uh, is that today his debut? Is he uh, making it today? I know. I knew he got called up. What a great story. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's awesome. Uh, an awesome testament to, perseverance like a guy who has been derided and and called a, a a bust and he was out of baseball and he came back and now he's finally made it up and um that's uh that's really exciting and and it's something that should be celebrated league-wide 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, this guy's been through so much adversity. Um, I, I've been a follower on Twitter for a while, kind of like, you know, keeping an eye on his, his, he, he, you know, he's like, I'm going to go ahead and give it another shot and look at him. He's, he's, he's out there and I, yeah, I hope he does well. I really yeah. do. I wanted to squeeze that into the Phillies talk before and I forgot. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't uh, say, I mean, he's not starting, but he might come out of the pen today or something. That would be okay. Really cool. I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll be watching there in San Diego. Very nice. Yeah. They started, I think four o'clock. Now to see now before we log off, I have to see if the if the Yankees are still getting no hit. Holy cow! They are. They are through five, so fourteen innings in a row. That's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. That lineup. Uh, the, the Astros are really. A, yeah. Oh my God, Alvarez. The the run he's been on. I was talking about it on Twitter this week. Since they moved Kyle Tucker behind him to fifth in the lineup, he was hitting. This is going into. Friday, he was hitting like 420 with a 1.8 something OPS. It just, you know, the, the way Dusty, and it, again, tip of the cap to traditional old, quote unquote, old school baseball, just being able to kind of merge today's game and a century and a half of the game, of, at least of knowledge, and and turn it into a winning brand of baseball. That's, you know. That's the beauty of this game encapsulated. That's right there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Good stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think we're off on Thursday. We'll, um, we'll come back on Sunday. We'll recap the, uh, the Texas two-step. You think they're going to wear their 10-gallon hats to Queens? <laughs> That'd be, it would be cool if after the Mets get done with the Texas series, if they dress up for their, uh, their trip to Cincinnati. For some reason, I just don't want to see this team in cowboy boots and big old belt buckles and 10-gallon hats. I have no – yeah, that's not on my list of things I'd like to see. <laughs> I think they can get more creative. Yeah. I, I do. I do. But, again, I think uh, that would also extend our, our show by <laughs> by a lot more because we can go on, on tangents and a half with that. Um, all right. Taryn, I'll see you next Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And uh... – Congrats to your daughter for graduating. That's awesome. And uh, what's the sign off? Oh, it's let's fucking go minutes. And congratulations, Kayla Rose. Love you. Proud of you, kiddo. Um, We'll see you guys next time. And let's, uh, yeah, let's do it. Peace.